Hi, everyone. I'm Leslie Tompkins, and I'm going to share the next section in Matthew with you. So I'm going to read from Matthew 24, 29 through 51. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. A faithful and sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put the servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew. As I read this, my first reaction was this message is so harsh, like God is looking to catch us in the act, which is something that I think many people often feel God can be like. But today, I'd like to explore this section through a different lens. I'm an Enneagram Type 7, and if you haven't heard of the Enneagram, it's a personality typing tool designed to help you see areas of strength and struggle in yourself, so you can know yourself better and to grow as an individual. Type 7s tend to shy away from negative and uncomfortable emotions, not always in a healthy way, and they spend things to appear better than they are. 
But today, I want to take you down that road with me a little, hopefully in a positive way. Let's first talk about how flowing through this section of scripture is this, watch out, you're going to get caught being bad mentality. That could make a lot of us uncomfortable for sure. But what if we choose to see this differently? I see God here saying, I love you. I am protecting you. Ultimately, the Bible tells us repeatedly that God loves us and wants us to be prepared for eternity. And that's where these somewhat threatening statements are coming from. Think of young children. I have two of my own. Certain things I say to my young girls seem like the meanest direction, darkest warning, or to them, the worst possible, no. But really, as adults, we know that I'm trying to keep them from getting hurt or hurting someone else. That's what God is doing when he reminds us that he could return at any moment. He's saying, always be ready for my love to change everything you've ever known. Which brings me to the second theme of this section that jumped out at me. This day of reckoning. It sounds scary and unpredictable. Do I really want this? Let's explore the silver lining here too. While these verses can sound ominous and scary, the optimist in me implores you to see these verses with a different spin. God is saying, I can't wait to bring you close to me. Here we are at the end of chapter 24 and being told of this sudden, surprising end. But ultimately, the second coming is not some terrible end that catches us unaware. It's what we're working and hoping for. It is not the thing we are on guard from, but a great new beginning we can anticipate with excitement. Thinking of the second coming should remind us of the wonderful blessings we are working toward and are promised as we navigate this broken world. How exciting that this time is near. So I challenge you to reread this section, Matthew 24, 29 to 51. And instead of hearing the first ominous messages that jumped out at me, hear the others. Hear God saying, I love you, I am protecting you, and I can't wait to bring you closer to me. I want to pray before ending today. Lord, thank you for your word, how it moves and speaks. Thank you for speaking truth, even when it's direct or ominous. Help us to still hear your love and protection through the warnings and truth you speak to us. Thank you for your gentle and firm care. Amen.